In the outermost reaches, you'll find your significance. You are not alone. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not-for-profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full-length musicals since 1989. It's April, Lovewell community, so that means we are only one month away from the start of our 2019 Lovewell season when we kick things off in Hoxie, Kansas at the end of May. Well, you know what they say, April showers brings May musicals. What's that? I'm, I'm fired? I understand. Tonight, we've got a new episode in our Lovewell Rewind series, where we take a look back at musicals from the Lovewell Vault with interviews from original creators and the complete audio of the show. Tonight's musical is The Infinite Dark, A New Musical written by the students and staff of Lovewell Fort Lauderdale Teens Session 2 back in 2013. Here's the official synopsis of that show. In the not-too-distant future, space travel has become common and accessible thanks to Cosmic Communities, a company dedicated to exploring and colonizing the Milky Way. After successfully colonizing the Moon and Mars, the company has set their sights on our sister planet, Venus. However, this group of astronauts is about to discover that everything they thought they knew about Venus is wrong, and that we might not be alone in the infinite dark. Remember, this show was completely written by the students that you'll hear performing it. With the help of their staff, they brainstormed every plot point, came up with every melody, wrote every scene, and choreographed every dance. The Infinite Dark had a lot of firsts. First, Lovewell trip to space. Uh, first time a Lovecraftian godlike presence was personified on stage. Uh, first time the Lovewell logo didn't make it on the show t-shirt. And that special feeling that comes from firsts is all over this show. Even listening back to just the opening number guitar riff from our out-of-town guitar wonderkin Robert Keith, and goosebumps will instantly start rising to the skin of anyone involved in the creation of this show. When faced with the task of somehow bringing the imaginary surface of Venus to the stage, the student artists beautifully developed a world of purples, glow-in-the-dark stars, trampolines, and video screens that instantly felt foreign, but familiar. Perhaps most incredible, though, is how the student artists took this out-of-world concept and turned it into one of the most poignant stories in the Lovewell Vault. Now, you hear from me all the time, so let's shake things up a bit. Let's listen in on the director of The Infinite Dark, Jen Laudia, as she breaks down why the show was so special to her. And yes, this next bit was recorded in a parking lot in the middle of the night. The Infinite Dark was a very special process. Anyone who was part of that experience remembers the moment that sparked the main idea, a very special aha moment that we all crave each process. I remember all of us sitting on the floor in silence for a very long time before we heard, what if? That was it, that was our starting point. 
We spent the session exploring the unknown and imagining what our world would be like if we conquered other planets. This question of where we would go next is one of the defining questions of the human experience. With a session full of seniors ready to go make history for humanity and leave no one in the dark, we all learn that perhaps we aren't alone in the universe. Thanks, Jen. Beautifully said. Now it's time for this month's interviews. Our two guests this evening are seasoned Lovewell veterans near and dear to all of our hearts. We couldn't all be in the same room, so we'll be utilizing our traditional zigzag interview format. Be sure you stick around for intermission tonight. We have tons of important announcements to share. Now, please make sure your seatbelts are fastened because otherwise this interview will knock you right on the floor. We are thrilled to welcome Daily Drucker and Connor Werner to the show for the very first time. <laughs> Daily, Connor, thanks so much for joining us on Listen Well. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Very excited to talk about Lovewell and the great times that I had. Hey, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Hey, guys. Hi, Daily. All right. Now, Daily, you're up first. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you've been up to lately? Well, I am currently a student at USF in Tampa, University of South Florida, um, I'm actually graduating in August with my major in English with a concentration in professional and technical writing. So it's a nice blending of the writing that I love doing at Lovewell in combination with some more scientific and medical themes. It's actually what I'm doing right now is um, I'm a medical editor at Moffitt Cancer Center. So I help PIs and different doctors to review their manuscripts. I help write clinical trial protocols. I also help with like grant applications. So it's I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, honestly. Amazing. We love our Lovewell lights that become science writers. It's the most exciting field to go into. And uh, I might be calling you about some of that grant help. Um, Connor, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Well, I guess it's almost been two years. I've been studying music education at Florida State University. In my time here, I've done things like marching chiefs. I'm in the pieces section, that's the clarinet section. And actually this summer, we're going to Paris and Normandy in France to play for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. So really looking forward to that. I've also been able to be in Florida State University's symphonic band for the past four semesters under the direction of Patrick Dunnigan. It's been a really great experience, and I hope to continue to be in great ensembles for the next two years. And then in the fall, I was a candidate, and then I became a sister of an organization called Tau Beta Sigma. It is an organization dedicated to empowering women in the band profession, and we do a lot of music and philanthropic service in the College of Music and in the community around Florida State University. That's fantastic, Connor. We need more great music educators like you, and it sounds like you have an awesome summer ahead of you. Daly, why don't you take a moment and walk us through your history as a Lovewell Light? We know that it goes way back there, but uh, walk us through the hits a little bit and tell us about your time with the Lovewell program. I started, I had one show, a second session junior show, 
And then pretty much my entire time that I could be in teens, I was doing both sessions, one and two. Um, I was in a bunch of different shows, including like Dear Berlin and The Alternate. And then towards a little bit later, we had shows like obviously The Infinite Dark. And then my last show was Project Legacy. Um, When I was at Lovewell, I feel like I always excelled most with writing, script writing, and songwriting, lyric writing, but I really love the entire process. Daily, you might actually be our first guest on this show to have every one of their teen shows appear as an episode of Listen Well, so we're so glad that we were able to get you for this one because we would have been out of episodes. That would have stunk. Connor, same question. Walk us through your history as a Lovewell light. I think in early 2013, my aunt Danny found out about Lovewell from Shelley Bernstein. They had been friends for a while, and so she told me about it, and my mom and I thought it might be a good idea for me to try it out and see how I liked it. So in 2013, I went down to South Florida, and I did, I think it was session two, we did The Infinite Dark. Uh, that was a show about the attempted colonization of Venus, and it's honestly one of the most iconic memories in my head to this day. Um, very colorful show. Loved it a lot. And then the next year I came back, I think it was for session one. And that time I was in the Dragon of Drybrook. That was also an interesting show. Uh, it was about an arsonist. And I believe that the arsonist was actually the daughter of the fire chief. It's been a while, so I'm trying to recall how that one went. And then my last show was the following summer, uh, and that was Project Legacy, by far my favorite show. Um, after that, I wasn't able to come back due to all of these music education things happening in my life, and I feel really bad about that, but I just know that the time I had in Lovewell was the best I could have made it. Yes, The Infinite Dark is one heck of a show to have for your first Lovewell experience, and I'm very glad that the two of us got to work on all three of those shows that you were in as a student. They were some of my most favorite experiences. Daily, The Infinite Dark was Lovewell's first foray into outer space. Where did the core idea for this show come from? And why do you think the group was so drawn to this story? The Infinite Dark was my favorite session, if anything, maybe tied with Roots of Red. But that really started with the core brainstorming group. Like, I definitely imagine it was one of my, not necessarily like my, one of my first sessions as a teen, but it was where I was getting a little bit older and I had more sessions under my belt. So I felt a bit more confident. I felt a bit more involved in the brainstorming process from the ground up. And I remember it was one of the few sessions, I think, where people really agreed from the start. I feel like in a lot of sessions, there are like two or three conflicting ideas where you'll go around in circles until eventually you find some sort of happy medium. But I feel like with Infinite Dark, if my memory serves me properly, that once we started talking about this idea, people really latched onto it. And I think a lot of that is because because it was so different from anything Lovewell had done, but also so different from anything we experience in every day, there's so much possibility and there were so many things we could explore. We had so many different avenues, so many different characters to develop. That I think the reason people really latched on to that core idea, the idea of traveling to somewhere so unknown, was 
had a lot to do with the with how how much possibility there was. Like it had a lot to do with what we could do with the story and what messages we could tell with the story. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It, the The entire group got so stuck on this idea, and I feel like if memory serves me, there was something about someone brought in an article about booking a one-way ticket to Mars with no guarantee of returning. And that what if really sparked this exploratory spirit that I think we carried through the rest of that process. Connor, music is definitely your main language. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the music in this show? What was the sonic soundscape like? Because it was unlike any other show we've ever done. So in your words, tell us a little bit about it. The music of The Infinite Dark was so interesting, and it really stays with me to this day. I can remember being perched on the stage before the beginning of Act 1 in the dark, and the soundscape that we started with was so quiet, but it was looming and ominous, and you could tell it really drew everyone in the audience in. And I think it's really emblematic of just the infinite unknown of space. And then there is a song in the first act. It was called Where the Sun Sets in the East. And it was sung by the lovely Laura Galindo. And I just remember standing to the side of the stage every night listening to her sing it because it was so entrancing. I also really enjoyed the idea of the people of Venus worshipping their god, who actually ended up to be one of the bigger characters, Galadax, through music. And, you know, it's interesting to see how the story plays out in music. Yeah, you always want your music in a musical to do a lot of the the work and a lot of the storytelling, but The Infinite Dark really needed its music to transport the audience into this totally new and different world, but it couldn't feel so new that they couldn't relate to it. So we have these, you know, very atmospheric space sounds and then these 70s space funk riffs, but then we have these great folk songs that are really down to earth that we can relate to. And so the music really did help tell that story and it is just as captivating as you said. Daily, if you can think back, what were some of the creative challenges that we came across while writing the show? And when you think back to those challenges, how do you remember overcoming them? There were a lot of creative challenges. That's a good way of putting it, of of roadblocks and hurdles that we faced with the Infinite Dark. Um, My character, I was more of the exploration team, so I wasn't really part of the brainstorming session for the, like, native people. But I can imagine, I know know Connor was, so he'd probably talk about it more, but I can imagine that it was probably very difficult to create a culture from the ground up to imagine like what this culture would be like based on where this would grow like these were the scientific science fiction stories these are things that like people spend their entire lives imagining a culture from for like a science fiction novel we had a ton of people everyone with their own opinions and we had to do it in three weeks so i think that was a really big challenge but also just being able to portray this Really, I mean, literally alien life, this completely different environment with minimal props. I mean, obviously we had we had um, different props we were using. We had our costumes. It wasn't like it was a Broadway play where we could build this entire atmosphere from the ground up. Um, I think a really cool way that we 
address those challenges was one of my favorite things was the use of the trampolines. It really gave this like different form of movement than we'd seen in anything any other shows Love Willis put on. So it was a really creative way of being able to just portray that sort of otherness that we really wanted to capture by having the plot be on Venus, by having it be other than Earth. Totally. We had to literally build that world from the ground up. We didn't have the luxury of history or research to dig into where we can find characters, we could find settings, locations, plot points. We had to do it all from scratch. And those were huge challenges, but I think that us navigating our way through them is ultimately what made that show so great. The show was also a little more plot heavy than perhaps we're used to. And I remember we had to make changes to the script uh, after opening night so we could help make it extra clear for the audience just exactly where all these different characters were ending up. And that's exciting. That's what a new musical should be doing. And speaking of world building, Connor, how were we able to bring audiences into that brand new world? What were the visuals of the show like and how did that influence the storytelling? I think the biggest indicator to the audience that we were no longer on Earth was that the floor of the stage was painted such a vibrant purple and then it was given detail so you could really tell it looked like the surface of a planet and that's what made audience members realize oh we're no longer on earth this is a whole new idea this is venus there's also a big monument in the middle of the stage it was shaped sort of like a pyramid if i'm not wrong and it had a bunch of screens that would reflect the mood of galadax as she reacted to things the colonists were doing on the surface of the planet. I can also remember, because I was one of the Venetians, that we did very specific hair and makeup to make us look a little bit unnatural. I can remember that Megan Nagy took me aside and put blue glitter running up the sides of my face, then styled my hair very specifically, and I saw myself in the mirror, and I thought, what is that? And of course, I knew it was me, but... You know, it was a very specific look, and I think that people would understand it was an alien race and that the look we were going for was very successful. Of course, we had a blast creating that look for those aliens. Daily, we've talked a lot about the plot of this show and the storytelling techniques we used to bring our audience to Venus. And that's because the plot of this show does stand out as one of the more complex in Lovewell history. But more important than plot, let's talk about theme. What was The Infinite Dark actually about? If I remember correctly, I think Infinite Dark was the... One of the, if not the final session for a lot of our like really more experienced level lights, people who had been there for a long time. So I'm thinking like Laura Galindo, Sydney Sheikman, like it, like some some of the people who are like really big Lovewell names. 
And I feel like definitely the idea of like setting on a new adventure, a new chapter in life was a really big theme of The Infinite Dark. It was the idea of going off into this great unknown territory and being able to make it your own and being able to explore it with confidence and being able to, I mean, I think back to the song Surrender, that Sydney song, um, there was a lot of themes about being able to let go and I can imagine having now gone through that sort of like transition from like love well from high school into college into being more of an adult that feeling of like how 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 terrifying it is to let go of everything you've known pretty much and for a vast majority of people move far away on your own and start pretty much from scratch what it feels like to start a new life for yourself in college so i think that theme came through really strongly with infinite dark um but there was also a a, i think other factors that came into it was that was also the time period where culturally we started seeing in america a lot more like visible social rights movements a lot more visible like feminist rallies um and just different social movements and i think that sort of being able to like symbolically between the control that galadax had on the native people is kind of a parallel to what we were experiencing on earth of letting people just live their lives and do what they want to do and not having some sort of higher power controlling them So I think a lot of things really blended together to create sort of those core messages of being able to let go and exploring and going forward even when you're afraid and not letting that stop you. Yeah, I love that, Daily. We've talked on Listen Well before about those shows in the Love Well catalog where we have a prominent group of older students who are exploring those same ideas of what that trying to figure out what the next big adventure is for them. But I love how you've been able to dig a little deeper and see that this is also a story about independent thinking. And I love that you've connected that to the real world. Connor, what's a moment from the creative process of writing The Infinite Dark that still stands out to you today? What stands out to me the most from my time in Lovewell is the emphasis on the love for singing. And... You know, like I said before, I'm a music education major at FSU, but I'm an instrumentalist. I play clarinet and bass clarinet, and that's it. So Lovewell was the first place I really got to hear how my voice sounded in the context of a group, and I really liked it a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons that I decided to go into music education at all. People like Jason and Ryan really motivated me to work for better music education, and I honestly could be more thankful. I think that having this musical experience really engaged me a lot and it gave me the confidence I needed to be where I am today. And so that's why it stands out to be the most. Absolutely. This is a program where we have to push ourselves past what we're comfortable with. And if we come in as an actor, we have to be a writer. If we come in as a singer, we have to be a dancer. And if we come in as a musician, we have to be a singer. All right, our last question is one we always ask. How do you use love well in your everyday life? We'll start with you, Daly. If I had not had love well, I know I definitely would not have been so open-minded to the career that I'm in now. 
Um, I went into college, like biomedical sciences, microbiology. I didn't necessarily want to become a doctor, but I wanted to go into research and go into science. And as I was going through those sorts of courses, I was realizing that I just wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I was trying to think back to just like what I have enjoyed. And what always stood out to me was the creative process of solving problems at Lovewell. And past that, just in the process, the script writing, the lyric writing, finding the right words to convey the right message. So when I found my my major, which is uh, English with a concentration in technical writing, like I mentioned earlier, it sort of felt like the exact like career version of what I did at Lovewell. That that problem solving through words, finding out how to best communicate something simply and effectively, but still have an impact. So I think without Lovewell, Lovewell's impacted my life because I was able to be more open-minded and find a career I actually enjoy instead of just doing what I thought I was supposed to do or what I uh, just sticking to what I thought I wanted to do past that just like in my personal life of course the affirmations are so powerful in everyday life they really are like the core foundations of meditation which is something I do every day now I wake up my every morning meditating and it just has really opened my eyes to the idea that family can also be non-blood related and that you can have a family of your friends and that community is much more important than I ever gave it credit to. Connor, same question. One of the things that stands out to me most about Lovewell is the words of affirmation that we speak to ourselves on a regular basis while we're there. And I actually still do that a lot. I have a Lovewell memento here in Tallahassee with me. And I just remind myself about the experiences I've had and how they've made me a better person. Lovell also just made me a more confident, happy person. I think that without some of the lessons I learned at Lovell, I wouldn't be the person I am today, and I honestly just couldn't even imagine what I would be like without having Lovell in my life. Anything else you'd like to share? One of the things about The Infinite Dark that stood out to me was literally a specific song lyric from the second to last song, which was, I believe, I think it was the second last song, Surrender, that was sung by Sydney. And that I remember there being so much talk among the different people that there was a line that says, you grow from what you do not know. And there was a lot of debate over whether that line was supposed to be interpreted as you grow from what you do, not from what like you know. Like you grow from your experiences. You don't grow from just what you sit and you read. You grow from what you go out and do even when you're scared. But other people took that as you grow from what you do not know. Like you grow from going out and facing things you don't know. You grow from realizing how little you know in this life. And I think this is a, it was a pretty good encapsulation of just the process itself of that. It meant so much to like, and it could mean entirely different things to different people. Thanks so much, Daly. Thanks so much, Connor. We really appreciate you joining us on Listen Well. Thank you so much for having me today, Tyler. And Daily, it was really good to hear your voice again. I hope you're doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I have loved talking about my time at Lovewell. Huge thanks again to Daily and Connor. Oh, the show is about to begin. 
All right now, please no talking during the show. Unwrap any hard candies now and take as many pictures as you'd like because the actors are at places and the curtain is rising for The Infinite Dark, a new musical. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
When the night falls and the moon comes out to play, there's a world hidden by the light of the day. In our backyard, if he'd want a better view, I'd sit him on my shoulders. And every night he'd point to the brightest star, and I'd say to him, my son, I'll get it for you. I When the sun rose, I had left that life behind, reaching toward the future, where the answers lie within my reach. And I tell myself, there are billions of galaxies waiting for me. Traveling on at the speed of light, is vast, unlimited places to explore. I'll find the truth in an infinite universe. There's an infinite universe out there. I count the stars a thousand times. Good morning, Captain Anderson. Good morning, Mr. Fairmont. Time to wake up the rest of this motley crew. Rise and shine, space monkeys. We're about to begin our descent into Venus's atmosphere. Let the preparations for landing begin. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's go! Claire, you built this baby. You know how it works. Make sure we're all set for landing. All right, do you want me to take a recruit? Oh, yes. Take that eager beaver over there. <laughs> Anything you need, I'm here to serve. Press past that step, Claire. Yell any more and your blood pressure is going to go to the roof. You, check over David from hypersleep. Make sure everyone is healthy enough for landing. Yes, sir. I mean, ma'am. <laughs> Captain, we are approaching Venus's atmosphere. Skills and I are working on compiling a full planetary evaluation. Once we've gone through the atmosphere, we should be able to give you a complete update. Good. The sooner the better. It's going to be a rough entry into an unstable atmosphere, so 
chick wings over there. Keep them out of my sight, out of trouble, and away from the board. You've made it this far. Don't let them ruin it now. What am I supposed to do with them? Figure it out. I hate kids. <laughs> all right, kids. Welcome to Cosmic Community's Vessel Crested of Three. You've all been briefed on all the information you'll need to know about the terraforming process on Venus. Now, a few reminders. Don't look at anybody, don't touch anything, and listen carefully. I'll be giving you the update of the rundown of this mission and everyone involved. You know, my mom is the boss of you, so it means I'm boss of you. <laughs> Not in this universe. Hi, Mom. Hello, Kat. Who are these? Delights. <laughs> these are our newest astronauts. Kids, this is Hallie Burton and Nancy and Mom. They should know our names. We're the reason they're able to live on Mars. And the moon. Right. Stay away from them. Well, talking to them will only cause you trouble. Alright, everyone? We're about to begin our final descent. Take your seats and buckle up.
providing us protection and stability never go unnoticed. We honor your mercy and majesty and serve you as our one true superior. We aim to please you through this ritual as we express our gratitude and loyalty. Guide us through this day as you have aided us through the night. Praise and glory be to you, O God. Ourselves. 
Now, you can come with us, or we can drag you there. Well, you're just going to have to drag me there, because I'm not going. Okay, then. Put me down. Love you. Come, come on, come down. This is going to be a great adventure. Place. 
Also, what if you stole my sandwich? <laughs> I'll help you out. I just want to get more familiar with the protocol. Good idea. What do I do? Make stuff useful. Ask your mom. But she's not here. Yes, I am. Okay, everybody. We need to think about this lift mission a little bit more. We need to see whether or not we brought along that trillion-dollar terraforming machine for absolutely nothing. The status of this planet is going to cause a few changes to our mission. But not to worry. Human expansion project is well underway. With just a few minor adjustments and a few little surprises. We're going to watch this place come to life before our very eyes. But 
enjoy being the speaker at these events. I do this solely for Galadax, and I feel as if I receive nothing in return. That's because you do not receive anything in return. What has she ever done for us? Well, she is very skilled at sending ground tremors our way when our worship is at her exact like I am exhausted with constantly worshiping something we have never seen, nor heard. And what about those priestesses? What are they trying to hide? How come they're the only ones that can speak with her? When we're the ones doing all the worshiping down here? Why aren't we unable to communicate with Galadax, but they can't? I think the bigger question is, why do we all seem to the hold that heartbeat Jog Queen has on us? She's full generations of us into believing that she, and she alone, can speak with Galadax. If Galadax were real, she wouldn't need a puppet to manipulate in order to speak with us. She can speak with you, as I am right now. I'm real. I can speak with you. And now she has coerced my love, Natala, into devoting herself to a fictional force. A fictional force? That's right. Galadax does not exist. Mata, despite our feelings, we can never deny the presence of Galadax. Her wrath. What wrath? I have said what I have said, and I am still here. Galadax, if you are out there, punish me. Find a way to strike me down.
forgive us. We're begging you for mercy. Forgive us if we displease thee. still cannot hear her. It takes patience and a clear mind. Maybe your mind is troubled with other thoughts. It is not Mata, is it? He just does not understand my responsibility and devotion to Galadax. He does not make this an easy choice. It is not a choice. It is your destiny to be my successor. And who knows how much longer I have on this violet sphere. Do not say that. I am scared. We all are. So I guess you're wondering how I got onto this project. See, my best friend Kat, whose curiosity always got her into trouble. She, uh, her mom is the boss of this project. So I literally begged her and promised I would accept half to pay of the other astronauts to get onto this project. Really wanted to get up here. So it's all I got. Skittles out. Yeah, I, I finally been relieved. Oh yeah, and I, I'm finally feeling free Where the sun sets in the east Where the sun sets in the east Maybe this journey will release All the anger that has let the fear increase Fight the pain that will not cease While his memory brings me peace and I'm finally feeling free. Oh, yeah, and I have finally been released. Oh, yeah, and I am finally feeling free. For the sun sets in the east. For the sun sets in the east. Making history for humanity. Leaving no one in the dark.
knew this would happen. We have to turn around soon, or who knows what'll happen next. Maybe if you stopped doubting the power of Galadax, these accidents wouldn't happen. If that was the full extent of the wrath of the great Galadax, I think we'll make it. And then what? What do you mean? I mean, did we think this through? What do we even plan on doing if we find Galadax? Well, when we find Galadax, I have a few questions for her. Like what? Like, what happened to my parents? One night when I was small, I woke up and they were gone. I want to find them, and Galadax is the only one who can help. See, you only believe because you want to believe. You want to believe that this magical fairy is just going to make your parents appear out of thin air. But if Galadax really exists, why would she take your parents away in the first place? Stop it. Let her believe what she wants. At least she's not upsetting anyone. Mark my words. There will be no Galadax at the Temple of Arthagos. Just two lunatics talking to themselves. It wouldn't be the first time Galadax had let me down. When I was young and immature, sickness came and took my sister. To this day I feel her pain. Sunsets in the east, in the darkness of the night, I pray to Galadax to be the guiding light that brings my parents home to me, reuniting this broken family, and I'm longing to feel free. Sunsets in the east. If we make it there when the lows be there, will a journey be free? Or will we need more journey to explore? Where the sunsets in the east. Where the sunsets in
they decided to fire half the crew over something no human could possibly have predicted would happen. None of those scientists deserve losing a career they've worked their entire life for over what should be a celebration. The scope of that discovery has only reignited my hope that I am close to finding a cure. Just got off the phone. Corporate headquarters will be sending out a service rocket shortly to pick up the so-called geniuses back then. Maybe we should keep them around a little bit longer. What if we need them? The team that went out to explore might bring back data that needs to be analyzed. We don't know enough about this planet to make a decision that big. All we need to know is what is right in front of us. I need them. We... We need them. We voted. You know what our decision is. When the night falls and the moon comes out to play, I'm still searching for something at the end of the day. Nothing to do with this. No one is missing. 
I honestly have no knowledge of their whereabouts. I can tell you what happened to them. Mata's blasphemy at the feast provoked Galadax to take those four children away from us. Kiora is right. They were missing after Mata ridiculed Galadax. Do not blame Mata for something he did not do. Here they are. I knew they would be talking about you. Blaming me will not make up for the fact that you lost those children. You are the one, Mata, who insulted our god. You are at fault. You cannot insult a god that does not exist. Mata has shown us this. Mata has shown us nothing but how long he can talk. At least he can speak with us, unlike Galadax. Galadax does speak with us, but her voice is only heard by those who truly listen. No one has spent the time I have spent trying to listen. I'm done waiting. Everybody calm down. The High Priestesses will return with the word of the Galadax, and they will know what to do. They're not coming back. They said they would return before the end of the feast. For all we know, they have taken those children as a sacrifice to this non-existent god. This is wrong. What we are saying is wrong. We will not be waiting. We are done waiting. We are done listening for a voice that we will never hear. I am done listening to John Grimm's false preachings. I am here now. <coughs> Me. You can see me. You can touch me. I have the power. Side with me or I will be the one to strike you down. You know we cannot do that. We? Yes, we. That's unfortunate. It truly is. Lux, Lunea, throw them in the prison. We'll deal with this now. You can't do this! Stop! 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 Stop it! Do this! You have to tell us eventually. The whole crew's going insane. If you don't want us to wait for the pink slips, we can tell you right now in person. I think that's a great idea. I'll go bring them in one by one. You can't do this! You,
hope you enjoyed Act 1 of The Infinite Dark. For tonight's brief intermission, we'd like to remind you of some of the exciting things happening in the Lovewell community. Registration is open for all of our 2019 season of workshops around the globe. Between Florida, Kansas, Ohio, New York, and Sweden, you have 15 different opportunities to create new works of musical theater this summer. Scholarship applications are also available for all of our programs. It's never been easier to book your spot on this summer's musical theater writing adventure. You can apply at www.lovewell.org apply. Congrats to everyone who attended the Florida State Thespian Festival. We really appreciate everyone who stopped by our booth last month. If you're joining us for the first time and you've made it this far into the episode, we salute you. Be sure to head to our website to learn more. As always, we'll be posting new episodes of Listen Well, a Love Well podcast, on the first Thursday of every month. So be sure to subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. We might even have some extra bonus content coming your way in the next few weeks. I know I've been saying this for the last several months, but I mean it. I think we're going to have some bonus content soon. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, we are also available on Spotify and iTunes, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. If you like the show, let us know. Oh, the lights just flickered. It's time to get back to the show. Enjoy Act 2 of The Infinite Dark.
Why do you keep using that word? Valdax is our god, our creator. We sing to her to uh, praise her and show her our loyalty. What is a uh, love song? when we sing to someone to show them our praise and our loyalty Extraterrestrial life. I need you to be positive. Yes. 110%. Positive. Then we're going to have to initiate protocol 2319. What the hell is protocol 2319? Protocol 2319 is a complete lockdown of the space vessel so as not to risk contact with the extraterrestrial species. No one leaves, no one comes in. This is above our pay grade. We call them the Department of Space Affairs and they send their people up here to deal with this. Why weren't we told about this? Why wasn't I told about this? The government knew there was life out here? No. This was a precautionary measure meant to assure the survival of our species. Michael, you were not informed about this because this information was held on a need-to-know basis and you did not need to know. This is my company. I think I have the right to know. This is not your company, Michael. This is our company. I didn't come all this way to let someone else dis claim our discovery. I want to meet the aliens. Technically, we're the aliens in this situation because, you know, this is their planet and we're the visitors. Does that really matter? Um, this is why you should not go out there and risk contact with these species. One, diseases. Two, we don't know what they're capable of. Three, we don't even know what their culture is like. And four, it's against the law. You cannot leave. It's bad enough we have our captain and three other astronauts out there. What do we do about them? Nothing. They're a liability. As far as we're concerned, they are already dead. Stop it. This is not why I started this company. I started this company to explore. I started this company to learn. I started this company to save my son. 
I didn't know you had a son. My son, he's sick. I've literally been tearing through the solar system trying to save him. What if these extraterrestrial beings have a cure? I can't pass up this opportunity. You can't lock me up in here. You have to let me out. We're sorry, but we cannot let you off of this ship as long as you are an employee of Cosmic Communities. You can't do this! I'll repeat what Miss Burton said. We cannot let you off of this ship as long as you're an employee of Cosmic Communities. Now, that doesn't oh. mean... Well then. I quit. It's been a pleasure working with you, Mr. Fairmont. We wish you luck in all your future endeavors. And, um, you fired most of us, so I guess we can leave, too. I guess so. I'm going to follow Mr. Fairmont's lead and explore career opportunities outside of the company, but it's been a blast. <laughs> so, only employee left. Promotion? King of ship? <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey guys, wait up, I quit too. <laughs> so what's the plan, boss? Are we gonna meet up with Captain Anderson and her crew? Captain Anderson's a strong woman. I'm not worried about her. She'll find her way back. I want to find these life forms. Lisa, can we track where they're coming from? Yeah, guess what? It's a pretty simple tracking device. Great. I'd love to split up into two groups. I want one scouting party to go ahead and make sure the way is safe for the rest of us. And I'm going to go with you. I want to be there with you. Uh, Lisa, Claire, and Stacy, you're coming with me. What do you want the rest of us to do? Take one of the tracking devices, but take your time following us. I want you to run every kind of test imaginable. I want to know everything there is about this planet. You'd be doing me a great favor by trying to find anything that can help my son. I'm not your boss anymore. This isn't in order. I'm asking as an equal. It would be an honor. Thanks. Let's go. We're going to be the first humans to meet extraterrestrial life. Mom, I want to go too. I don't think. I just want your permission. It would mean a lot to me. Well, you better hurry up then. Thank you. Well, we're the head of a ship with no crew. People have had worse work days before. I suppose you're right. How about I get you a decaf tea? That sounds delightful.
samples. Of what? How many times do I have to tell you we are not taking blood samples? Well then, what exactly are we looking for? Anything that can help Mr. Fairmont. We haven't found anything yet. Being sold girls that cookies has to be more exciting than this. I wish I was at the scouting room. No, that'd be too scary. I'm just a scary cat. <laughs> Is that why our name's Cat? Good one, Freddy. Yes, actually, that is why my name is Kat, and I'm allowed to be afraid, because my mother disappeared. What? That's insane. He would only disappear. It's true. I'm not crazy. We need to focus. Do your jobs. All of you. Oh! What's wrong? I saw a spider. I mean, it looked like a spider, but it also didn't. I think it was a Venus spider. I didn't see a Venus spider, but I did see a spider on Uranus once. <laughs> intelligent life, not trying to prove that it doesn't exist. <laughs>
is this the life form that we picked up? No, the machine isn't picking up anything. This is something else. Who are you? What are you? Knock it off before I melt down the harmonica for scrap metal. You've been playing the same stupid song ever since we got here. This is a song that the elders have passed down through the generations. It's a song of hope and freedom. It's a song that reminds us of- Would you be quiet, you crazy old bat? I am so sick and tired of you and your endless wisdom. All I hear when I go to bed at night is your voice. It's driving me insane. And you. Little Miss Comedian, your jokes aren't even funny. Newsflash, they're supposed to have punchlines. I'll show you a punchline! <laughs> you guys are scaring me. If we don't all pull it together, we're all gonna end up hurting each other. There is nothing to pull together. We're gonna be stuck here forever. <laughs> Get it through your head, forever. Do you remember when Lux fell from that canyon ledge? 
and broke her leg so badly we thought she'd never walk again. But after months of herbal treatment, she made a slow but full recovery. In my time, I've seen countless injuries and incurable diseases, and I've seen countless recoveries that were more like miracles. I know things may look bad now, but every trying circumstance has an answer. When you mend an open wound, you must read it carefully. Every scar you can or cannot see has a remedy. We can fix what's torn apart, broken bone or broken heart. Every scar you can or cannot see has a remedy. When you fall ill and pain sets in, it seems all hope is lost. You must have faith and look within for the remedy inside. over there. understand what we're saying? 
Conquer Bernalian, where are you from? Because you are out of this world. What did it just say? It's like I'm talking to a wall. Can you save my son? Guys, this is the biggest scientific discovery of our lifetimes. We have to go back to base and report what no. we found. We've got to bring them with us. For all we know, they all have the abilities that this one has. Maybe they're friendly. I like them. Hey, I'm beginning to understand what they're saying. <laughs> this is reckless. We should go back to base and- No. We're getting them out of here, come hell or high water. And that's final. Now come help me. We're going to get you out of here. My name's Michael Fairmont. Thank you. My name's Kira, stranger. Quiet. Do you hear that? Blinded by my feelings for Natala. 
thought that if I acted more like the Galadex, she would want to be with me. I am sorry. Mata!
us. No, we didn't. Where is Jacqueline? She's gone to be with Galadax. I'm sorry. Truly. For everything. We all are. The pain we have caused you all is unforgivable. Nothing is unforgivable now! So what happens now, High Priestess? High Priestess. Those are words I never thought I'd hear. A title well deserved. A long time coming. Thank you, Mata, and thank you all. I hope we can rebuild our lives together and our lives with Galadax. We will no longer live in fear of Galadax. We will respect her and ask for the same amount of respect in return. Well, all this kumbaya about Galadax is great and all, but how are we supposed to get out of this place? <laughs> wrong makes me very happy. <laughs> so what's next for us? It's not like we can colonize the planet now. Not after all we've been through. Punzi and I actually had an idea about the future of cosmic communities. Cosmic communities will no longer be about colonization, but about the exploration of the universe in the name of science. We will no longer be about making money, but for learning about the cosmos as much as we possibly can. That sounds like a wonderful idea. And would that mean that we all get our jobs back? If you want them back. Hell yeah, I want my job back! <laughs> so let's put it to a vote. All in favor of changing the mission of cosmic communities, raise your hand and say aye. Aye! How about you all out there? Aye! Great. It's unanimous. Housing is a bubble anyway. Oh, uh, Mr. Fairmont, what are your plans? Sorry, I couldn't get those plant samples back to you. I got kind of busy. No worries, Miss Aspen. It turns out I didn't need those samples anyway. I found something much better. What? Cura. Yes. Cura. My son back home is terribly ill. The reason I started this company all those years ago is because the doctors told me nothing on earth can save my son. I think you're the answer I've been looking for. Would you come back to Earth with me, just for a little while? I would be forever in your debt. It would be my pleasure to not only kill your son, but to come back and visit Venus on behalf of all the people of Venus. So, uh, Captain, you think we can drop them all off on Earth before we head out to our next mission? We absolutely can, but I think you're going to have to go off without me. What do you mean without you? I think my days of planetary exploration are over. I need to spend some time with myself. I told my husband what I've wanted, and it's what I want. Well, we're going to miss you, Captain. I'm not the captain anymore. My responsibility lies with Jamie from now on. You can just call me Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> I've never had to do this by myself before. I trust you. I want to stay, too. Absolutely not. But maybe we can come <sighs> back to visit them. <laughs> You are all welcome back to Venus at any time. Consider this your second home. 
Earth and Venus are once again the twin planets.
miracle. Here's the trap game in the galactic, but we're two white girls, so we look a little spastic. Astronauts be tripping like they saw a black hole, because these rhymes we be flipping so out of control. Oh, 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 oh. for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. Special thanks again to Daly and Connor for joining us at Lovewell HQ for their great interview. Be sure to subscribe and we will save your seat for next time. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night. (laughs) 